guys, Willie Bayek, creator of Jazz Edge. Welcome to the Confident Improviser Podcast. This is episode number 50, 50 episodes now, and I got a special treat for you today. Today, I am going to show you this pro-sounding blues piano improvisation. This is the way that you can, as I say, side-slip your way into the audience's ears. All right, so let's take a look at the music and let's look at what's going on here. Uh, if you would like to grab the sheet music for this lesson, just go ahead back to jazzedge.com slash tritone or check out the card that just popped up on your screen there. All right, so the um, music here. All right, so if you've been following the last few podcast episodes, we talked about tritones, tritone substitutions in episode 44, 45, 46. In 47, 48, 49, we've been talking about the blues and talking about adding in those tritones and also the bell tones. Well, now this is kind of a culmination of that, and you can see that now we're starting to bring in that side-slipping technique. Right? I talk about the side slipping in my jazz piano daily lessons. I'll tell you later how you can grab those. All right, so left hand, all that we're doing here, the whole concept is we have our anchor chords, which are just the one, four, and five, all right? So my anchor chord right here is my C7 chord, right? Remember, it's really the blues is C7 all the way through those first four measures, right? So it's C7 for the whole first measures for the whole first four measures on this. So really that anchor chord is going to be that C7 chord. Once I have that anchor chord, then I could start to go down and then back up, right? So you see how I go down here a half step and then back up. What do I do here? I go up a half step and then back down to C7. In the final music, I'm gonna to have to write in C7 there. I should say C7. Oh, actually, you know what? I can do that for you right now. I forget that I'm in this program. So there you go, all right? So it goes right on back down to C7. So all that's happening here is I take that C7 rootless chord voicing, I literally move all the notes down a half step to B7, and I move them right back up to C. In the right hand, I'm playing a G, which is the fifth of C7. Again, all I do is move all of those notes right back down and then back up. Now, something to pay attention to is look at what I wrote in, in the music. I didn't write it in on all of the eighth notes, but I did on the first couple here so you could see it. Notice this right here. See that articulation? See how there's a line over the B7 and there's a dot over the C7. That line means that you hold out that eighth note for its full value and dot means you play it staccato. So you get this kind of sound. Versus See how it's not sticky at the end there? I kind of bounce off of that. Right? And that gives it, uh, if you think about like big band, ba-da-dum, ba-da-dum. You know how they can kind of swell? Well, we can't really swell, but we can get that sound. And you can kind of get that faux swell, and the swell is when it gets louder at the end, by just increasing the volume here at the very end. So it's... All right, so the rhythm here, just real simple. Quarter note, two eighth notes. Right over here in this uh, measure number three, what I'm doing is C7. Okay. So you see what I do is just three quarter notes. Why do I do the three quarter notes? Because we got so much syncopation going on, sometimes just hitting that downbeat like that really sounds nice. It really just kind of drives the beat home, right? Don't forget about the beat. Everything doesn't have to be off the beat. 
But at the end of the measure, I throw that syncopation in again, right? So I get that one, two, three, four, and, or da, 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 di, ba, right? All right, moving on to this next spot here. On the F7 chord, I'm doing exactly the same thing, just moving down a half step. On the F7, notice I'm still playing the G. Why am I keeping the G? Because that is a common element that's running through this whole 12 bars. Gives my, uh, my uh, improvisation some structure to it. It almost sounds like a song, doesn't it? Right, when I'm playing this, it sounds like this could be a blues head. And you could utilize this as a blues head. But in an improvisation, having that structure really kind of like makes the listener clue into that versus constantly doing something different all of the time. All right, so on the F7, playing the F7, and I go down a half step to the E7, and I'll go back up to F7. Same thing. Now, a note here. When playing octaves twice in a row like this, right, a lot of times by a half step, rather than coming down and playing the pinky here, let me give you a little pro tip. You come down and play your thumb and fourth finger and then come back to the pinky. It's a lot faster for you to move like that than trying to, trying to move like that. And it's also very inaccurate when you're trying to do that. So instead, use your fourth finger. Now, if that's too much of a stretch, well, you might have to just use that pinky. Right? But if you can make the stretch and it's not too much of a stretch and it doesn't hurt the arms or hurt the hands, then that fourth finger is a great way of being able to play those octaves faster back and forth because you're able to keep that finger closer to the key. All right? So F7, F, e, E7, and back to F7. F7, E7, back to F7. And in the next measure here, what am I doing? Now I'm playing right over here. I'm playing the F7. F7, and then I go back to that D flat 7. We've already talked about that, okay? So, just the D flat 7, and I resolve down to that C7 in this next measure. And the C7, I'm just playing the comping rhythm that I've done. So not every measure has to be some kind of ground-breaking, earth-shattering improvisation. Sometimes just hitting that uh, comping is enough. All right, now let's move on to this part right here. So then we have the C7 again to the B7, and then we bring in the A flat, and then roll the G, G flat down to the F, right, and then back, and oops, and then back to D flat. Okay, so these measures are pretty much the same that we've already done. Okay, so uh, all of this is the same that we've already done. Okay, all of this stuff in the boxes here is the same that we've already done. Nothing has changed there. And then finally, what do we do here at the end? We bring in that C7 to B7 again, and then go up to D flat seven, back to C. Okay. All right, so now what I'm gonna do is I'm going to play it along with the backing track, okay? Again, uh, I'll try and make this so you could kind of see it. I know it's very small. If you wanna be able to get the printed sheet music and a nice PDF file that you can download, Yours free of charge, okay? Just go ahead back to jazzedge.com slash tritone, right? Just get jazzedge.com slash tritone, or like I said, check out the card that popped up in the video. You can follow that link as well. All right, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put the band track on 100. I'm using iReal Pro. You also get this iReal Pro file as well um, uh, by going back to jazzedge.com slash tritone. All right, so let's play this.
Now, one thing I did want to talk about is also the pedal, right? So when exactly should I be using that pedal, right? So take a look right there and you'll see every time that uh, glows orange, that means that I'm using my pedal. So when should I use my pedal? A lot of times I'll use it when I'm rolling those chords. I'll kind of hold that down because it kind of helps it to all blend together. You might notice like... I even kind of use it in that C7 to B7. Hold it down, hold it down, and then lift it up. I lift it up normally when I hit that B7 chord. But you do not have to use the pedal there, right? I just use it because it allows me to be able to lift up my hands and get to that B7 just a little bit faster. You cannot use it at all. Where you might want to use this, anytime you're doing those roll chords, throw that pedal down. But check it out. I could play this now, and I'm going to play this without using the pedal at all. All right, so let's start again. Pay attention to the pedal. Pedal when I roll. Rolling. Pedal. Pedal. Pedal when I'm rolling. Now, as we've talked about in the previous um, uh, podcast episodes, remember, you could also take that right hand up an octave. It sounds super, super hip. All right, so now let's put this on 130. Let's, let's really kind of, you know, challenge ourselves. Bring it up an octave. Now, you might notice that I have a little bit of fun with the rhythm sometimes. I'm not always playing the rhythm exactly as written. I think we understand why. This is jazz. It's blues. It's improvisation. We want to have some fun with it. Okay? But you can play that rhythm exactly as, rhythm, as, as written, and it sounds mwah, beautiful. Right? This is a pro sound right here. You play this on the bandstand, you go to a jam session or something, you play this kind of stuff, you're going to turn heads. Right? This would be a great ending to your solo as well. 
So what you could do is, let's say that I, I end up going through and I'm gonna uh, improvise over the blues. So let me just go ahead and improvise over the blues. I'm just gonna play straight rootless chords in the left hand, C7, F7, G7, nothing fancy. I'm just gonna use my minor pentatonic blues scale in there in the right hand, all right? So the first time through, I'm gonna improvise just using the single note, but then notice how I can go into it in the second time, all right? Now, the other thing I wanna also notice, you notice how I bring in some of this stuff, all right? Notice how I'm using my open palm to kinda go up. Sometimes I'll go the other way, use the back of my nail to do that, all right? Okay, I can do that as well. I can kinda open up and just kinda like follow down, so that these grace notes like this. Right, now, what you might notice is, ah, oh, sometimes you hit the wrong note, you don't get right back to it. It don't matter. It's the blues. That's not to say that the blues is inaccurate or that you're always playing wrong notes. No, 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 no. Obviously, we want to try and get it, but the main thing is you want the Feel. If you don't have the feel and you don't have the groove, it don't matter if you play all the right notes. So I could tell you, I've been doing this for years, and guess what? I'm a human being just like you, and I make my, my fair share of mistakes, and guess what? No one's ever come up to me after a gig or a performance and said, hey, you know, I noticed when you did that. Come on, right? All right, so because you can't hear it in real time. So always go for the feel. And getting in that, that, that nice glissando like that sometimes really kind of, it's a, it's, a, it's a real nice sound. It really, really brings it up uh, a lot. All right, so what I'm going to do now is, like I said, I'm going to go through one time just playing single note, and I'm going to go into this, and you hear how you could really build up that solo. All right, here we go. Start to build it up. Mm. Mm. Right, and then that's the end of my solo. That'd be a great way of ending your solo. You could even just take this 12 bars, change it around a little bit like I was doing, you know, uh, you know, change the rhythm around, you know, kind of have some fun with it, and then that's your solo. But the point is this is a great way of really building up that solo so it's not just single note. Last thing I'm going to tell you, another little pro tip is stuff like this is great when you're playing with a loud band. Right. There are many different players that I play with, many different circumstances, many different gigs. Some of them are nice and soft and sensitive. You know, I could do that kind of stuff and get some nice lines in there and kind of shape it. But then other ones are like, like super heavy. I can't do that. If I do that single line stuff, nobody's going to hear anything that I'm playing. I might not even be able to hear myself while I'm playing it. This is where these bell tones and then this trick of playing the chord along with the bell tone together really gives you that nice 
big, rich sound. So you can have a lot of fun with this. All right, so like I said, if you are enjoying these lessons, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just do a search on YouTube for Jazz Edge, you'll find the channel. And if you like these uh, videos, check out jazzpianodaily.com. You got 45 days of absolutely free lessons. You get the sheet music, all of it. And then all 365 videos you'll be able to see on my YouTube channel as well. So do me a favor, be sure to subscribe to the channel, like the video, turn on notifications, and most of all, leave your comments in the video. If you love the stuff, let me know. Why do you like it? What would you like to see? You hate it? Hey, let me know. You know, if, 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 if you don't like something about it, let me know. Leave a comment, because those comments, I read those comments, and I use those as a way of basing what future lessons I'm going to do. So if you have something that you would like me to cover, leave it in the comment section on my YouTube channel, and I'll take a look, and then it might find its way into the next lesson. All right, so that's it for me. Thanks, guys. I'll see you in the next podcast episode.